Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Pure Hope with your host, Reverend Janice Hope Gorman. Hope is the name the angels gave Reverend Gorman. Help open planetary eyes. And that's what we hope to do on Pure Hope. Thank you for joining us. Hello, hello, everybody, and thank you for joining us today. Happy February, everyone. I am so excited to have our guest on that we will be interviewing today. We happen to be standing in such a wonderful opportunity And I just wanted to let you know that the whirlwinds can cause us to lose our balance and whirlwinds can sweep us off our feet and sometimes leave us dangling in confusion. But the stronger that we build our foundation, the more that we slow down and listen, we can intuitively know that our lives are calling us to um, sit down, relax, have a cup of coffee or a cup of tea with us. And awareness can pop into your lives. And today we're going to give you an opportunity to slow down, listen. And if you are listening to all of us and listening, you can, we thank you on the Hope Interfaith Center and the Hope Show, Pure Show, because slowing down long enough might be able to just might give you some answers to the multiple questions that might be going on in your heart today. I am so very blessed to have Carrie Hummingbird on as a guest. She is a soul guide and a host of Soul Nectar Show. She is a number one international best-selling author of The Second Wave, Transcending the Human human Drama, and the award-winning best-selling book called Awakening to Me, One Woman's Journey to self-love, which describes her early years of her spiritual awakening. Miss Hummingbird inspires people to lead their lives wide awake with an authenticity, a passion, and a purpose that positively impacts others upon this planet. She is able to help people's minds shift that transforms their life into challenges into gifts of wisdom her other book that is also another number one best international best-selling book is called love is fierce healing the mother wound she was on on the pure hope show describing this and describes the most direct path to spiritual enlightenment now once again i have the opportunity to interview you and her with her most recent book called Inner Medicine, Becoming One with Mother Earth for Survival of Humanity, which shares ancient, ancient earth wisdom that will inspire you to walk in beauty, become a luminous warrior, and be on the frontier of a whole new humanity called Homo Luminous. In this deeply transformative book, Carrie Hummingbird brings us a wake-up call, and we all need a wake-up call, to go on a great departure from all that we have ever known and step into the mystery on an epic quest for the survival of humanity and make a bid for power 
to evolve into homoluminous beings, the one who dreams the sacred dream of the new earth for our descendants and the seven generations that are yet to come upon this planet. So I welcome Carrie Hummingbird to our program, The Pure Hope Show. Welcome, Carrie. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for that introduction. I really appreciate being back on the show and getting a chance to have this conversation with you today, Janice. Well, I am so um, uh, thankful that you are on the show because all of your books are always interesting and most importantly, interviewing you has always been, I was just telling Melissa that I call you a young one and uh, the second coming, you know, the second wave well, that is here wave. upon the planet. <laughs> yeah, so, um, and you then I, said, I think you us. said to me <laughs> <laughs> that you said that your um, uh, age does not matter, but you said that you were over 15. I said, wow, you don't sound like it. You don't act like it. You don't. <laughs> <laughs> A big child. You d- <laughs> so tell all of our listeners First, I, you know, when I was kind of preparing for our interview, I thought, where do all these wonderful books come from? Are they downloaded? Are they gifted? Do you have to go into um, receiving mode? How do you get all these books? Yeah, the second wave book was definitely a channeled transmission from White Eagle. And White Eagle is a member of the council, a high council of earth school, along with Yeshua ben Yosef and all the master teachers. And so I transmitted that book by sitting and listening and actually typing into the computer while not looking because I was just receiving the words. And so I was just doing my best to keep up with the words that were coming. Um, and just to be sure I heard it correctly, I'd go back and just double-check every single sentence with my pendulum just to make sure I got it right. Um, so that book was really channeled. But <clears throat> the other books I've written are really written with the mystery. You know, it's like setting the intention. My first book set the intention with the mystery that I wanted to awaken to love myself. I wanted to love myself. I didn't know how to do that. And so I... I got this insight. Why don't you just start writing a book about it and you'll be led to the culmination of that desire. And so that's what I did. I started writing the book and I was just really transparent and honest about all the twists and turns of that process, which were numerous. And, uh, and that book is, you know, was really from my heart. Um, the, the subsequent books were kind of written much the same way. The, the love is first book healing the mother wound was really about, my own journey to healing my own mother wound. Um, I had been very uh, upset and separate from my mom and judging and blaming her and really angry and wanting to find my own power. Meanwhile, feeling really disrespected as a mother with my own children and my former partner. And, and so that book was really a healing for me that I just shared with others. So I wrote the book. I went through my process of healing. I worked with my higher guidance I worked with Mama Earth, I worked with the mystery, and I just, uh, I healed myself and I documented the process and the things that came, the realizations that came through that process. And so that book is a very dense book because that's a kind of a big topic, you know, it's a lot of people have anger towards their parents, you know, so that was a hard book and, but now I enjoy a great relationship with my mom. So, you know, it was worth it to go through that shadow. And this latest book is, um, it's kind of a combination of both. So I've, I've gotten to the place in my journey 
where I can support others, where I, I'm stable and steady enough in my own joy and happiness and able to bring myself um, through my lessons well enough that now I'm able to kind of turn my hand backwards and say, okay, who else needs a little hand with some of this stuff that I've been dealing with myself and sharing with you in books? You know, who else needs a little help with that? And so that's what um, I've been doing the last couple of years is um, building a foundation of really strong inner medicine that is a platform, as a teaching, as a pathway to claim your own inner medicine. And so this new book is um, aligned with that intention and also to share the really deep spiritual lessons that I've learned through my probably 11 years now walking this path to share that through personal experience and then to also share kind of more from an expository place. Like this is how we do this. This is, this is the pathway through that I found for myself. For example, forgiveness, one of those really big topics. How do we forgive someone, you know, for trespassing against us, for hurting our hearts, for breaking our hearts? What is true forgiveness? And, you know, if we, if we just look at the surface, maybe forgiveness just seems like, well, I forgive you, but I never want to talk to you again. <laughs> That's yeah. not forgiveness, you know. That's not. That's like, that's just, because that, forgiveness, to say you need to forgive somebody means, uh, you know, that you you still think they did something wrong, that they shouldn't have done what they did or something, you know. So it's really gratitude. But there's pathways and there's great teachers. You know, one of my personal favorites is Martin Luther King Jr., great teacher about love your enemies. How do you love your enemies? And and so I, I, I glean from insights from these great teachers like that and then apply it to my life and then I write about my inward exploration of how do I do that in my own life. And so that's what that book really is, is sharing those principles. It's, it's so, much, so much fun to write a book. I recommend to anybody, you know, if you want to learn how to forgive someone, write a book about it. You'll figure it out. Well, you're the person to buy a book from because I interview a lot of people who write books and they say, wow, it's extremely difficult. It was really hard. But here you go on air and you say, I encourage everybody who wants to write a book. It's really fun. I mean, you know, you know them. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess it depends you, on if you think transformation is fun. <laughs> I think transformation is yeah. fun. Yes, yes, yes. You can tell that. You can tell that in your voice and in your energy field. And when, when I want to let everyone know that when Carrie says she works with Mama Earth, I mean, you do ceremony the last time we talked, and then you've been on other transformational, um, you know, we had the um, workshop that you gave with other teachers from the Hope Interface Center via Zoom, and you really do do ceremony with Gaia Mama Earth, don't you? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm here, I feel like the path of connecting with Mother Earth, you know, we can call that the red road or walking the beauty way, there's a lot of different uh, language around it and there's it's been done across all cultures have people who are medicine people who are close to the earth and and listen to mother gaia and um take action on her behalf and it's it's kind of like the place that you get to once you've gone through your personal journey and you've sorted out your human drama and you've gone like you know what i want to give back now how do i give back well this is that path this is the path that says I am ready to be an earth keeper. I'm ready to help solve some of the bigger problems in my community, in the world. I'm ready to step in and service. And that path begins sometimes with being a healer, right? So, you know, like there's a lot of us that are like, we're healers. We're here to like help other people heal. And we open up our own channel that we cultivated through doing our personal work. We open that channel up for the benefit of others. And we 
serve as a sacred witness, and we help them claim their own access to the same source that they are, too. And so this is how we um, we act in service. And I feel like this is the path you get to, like I said, kind of after you've gone through your own journey, you know, your own hero's journey. Then you can start to turn all those tools you've learned on your journey towards helping others. And then that feels really good. You know, it feels awesome to dream the new dream for the new earth. It feels wonderful to be like, I'm here for the plants and the animals and the oceans. And and it also feels frustrating, so I don't want to bypass. Like, you know, it's it can be also the more you become aware of, the more you see that humanity really needs to come together to chart some new courses. And so, you know, it can be frustrating to be this kind of servant as well, a servant of Mother Earth, because you can start to see how, stuck people are and how stuck stuff is because people are still stuck in their human dramas and not able to really be in service very much to others because you know we have to fill our own cup first we have to learn our own lessons first Uh, so it can be a little frustrating from time to time but then you know then that's also the work too of the earth keepers to say well I see that and I used to be there I used to be there and so I can compassion for that I can have compassion for you know, if if your personal life is just so overwhelming, you can't look outside of it. I can have compassion for that. And I also know that the way through that is to, you know, to embody to embody as love. And so that's another aspect of this. Um, you know, when you get to the place of um, being in connection with Earth as a spiritual path, you also are embodying love. So now it's not about escaping the planet or being saved out of this human experience or, you know, where's the mothership? Please take me home. You know, it's more about like, you know, oh, how can I love being human? How, what would I, how would I need to be inside myself to appreciate this human experience? How can I be so grateful that I got to be here? And that's the next conversation. That really is what comes forth as we embody love. And that's to me, this planet is love. I think this is the planet of love. And so it's teaching us how to love ourselves and everyone else. Wow. Wow. Well, when you say to everyone within this book and within this interview, become a luminous warrior and be on the frontier of a whole new, new humanity, for our new listeners and even for those listeners who come back and you talk about a homo luminosity or luminous being, because ex- they will ask me, what exactly is that? <laughs> even when we say a chrysalis being, what exactly, how would you describe a homo luminous being? Yes, so being a luminous warrior is the path to becoming a luminous being. And the luminous being is like the rainbow body. So it's in the Buddhic path, it's known as the rainbow body. It's known as achieving such a state of higher consciousness inside your physical body. So that means upgrading your cells and your physical body so that your alchemical composition actually changes into being luminous. So Mm -hmm. right now we're carbon beings, right? And so as we bring more light and love into our beingness, into our bodies, into healing because the body keeps a score right so the body keeps a score of all of the traumas of the past of the things you endured of the places where you closed your heart off of the the wounds of things you never felt or you didn't heal and your ancestral wounds it ha- the body has all of that 
So that's why as we bring light and love into our bodies, sometimes the journey gets super messy, right? Like it's like the opposite of what you would think. It's like, I thought this were, this journey was about love. You know, why is this so hard? You know? But that's because we're, we're healing. So the more, the more light and love we bring into our bodies, the more of that trauma rises to the surface for healing and witnessing because we're strong enough to heal and witness it now. And then we can release oh. and transmute it. It becomes something new. And the more, the longer that we do that, the, the more neutral we become because we realize nobody ever meant to hurt us in the first place. Like they were just overcome by shadows that clouded their consciousness into doubt and confusion and they didn't know what they were doing. And that's why Jesus says they know not what they do because they really don't. When you're clouded in that low vibrational consciousness, you really don't have a, um, a compass for love. And so part of the journey of going through the shadows is developing and cultivating your compass for love because when you experience yourself being hurtful to another person you you that adds to your compass it doesn't feel good inside you to do it to the other person so you tell yourself wow i don't want to do that anymore that feels bad so you make a decision i don't want to be i don't want to engage in stealing or i don't want to lie because that doesn't feel good to me and sometimes we need lifetimes to learn those lessons Meanwhile, those of us who are a little further along the path and we already got that lesson, we have like this lightning rod that says, I shall not lie, you know, because I made a decision long ago. I'm not going to lie anymore, right? So I'm not going to do that. But that takes lifetimes to cultivate that lightning rod. Like you just know it like you know it like you know it. You don't need anybody to teach you about it. You just know. So that we're at that place now where some of those souls who have gotten to that place are ready to transcend. They're ready to be rainbow bodies. They're ready to be luminous warriors. And if that's the person listening or if you're like, gosh, I don't think I'm there yet, you might be closer than you think. So never doubt, you know, the fact that you're listening to this means you are ready. You just might not think you are. So let's just put that little seed in there and let it grow. Because what we're doing right now on the planet is we're rising together. So this mm-hmm. is a one-room classroom, right? I hope, like, this is, like, I mean. I love that. This is all arranged in one classroom. I actually picked it up from somewhere else, and I, I, I'm sorry I can't give the reference, but it was such a brilliant statement. I often say it because it's amazing how we're, I mean, we have kindergartners up to whatever grade is possible in here. Ascended masters, I don't know. I mean, we have we have the whole spectrum. And all of us are learning, by the way. So nobody's better than anyone else. We all have our soul's curriculum. So sometimes I hear older souls that don't know their older souls yet complaining about how hard their life curriculum is. And then notice like these other people don't have hardly anything going on, but they're struggling with it. And you're looking at these people struggling with like hardly anything and dying over it. And you're like, gosh, that's easy. Look at all the stuff I've got. But don't compare because you're, you, you've had more lifetimes. You're more prepared to have the curriculum that you have than the other person. So everybody's, everybody's working their way through their lessons, and we all can do it. So being a luminous warrior, when you get to this place in your curriculum, you can't play like the younger kids. You know, mm. that's not – you can't do that anymore. Like, yep. And you know you yep. can't in your heart. You've got to stop, right? Like you can't keep doing that stuff. You know the stuff I'm talking about. You've got to forgive. That is like forgiveness and gratitude are some of the, that's why I brought it up, I think, is because forgiveness and gratitude are the two last lessons, right? It's like there's nothing to forgive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so when you say a great departure from all we've ever known to step into the mystery in an epic quest for the survival of humanity, 
um, explain that a little bit because a lot of people do not want to take the great departure from all we've ever known. That's true. That's scary, isn't it? <laughs> but it but is. let's take a moment and look at this. So I'm going to bring in some Gene Keys, G-E-N-E-K-E-Y-S. This is from Richard Rudd who channeled the Gene Keys down for us. And the Gene Keys are actually bathed in um, the I Ching, which is ancient wisdom from the Himalayas. Mm. But but he adds in this high-frequency stuff that he's gotten through channeled, channeled guidance, right? So basically, there's this shadow of reaction. And you can see the shadow of reaction all over the planet. The shadow mm. of reaction is based in you are not me. You are the other. And because you're the other, I can do things to you um, that are not kind, I can even kill you, and I can still maintain my identity as a good person while doing it because of the shadow of reaction, which cuts off the heart and others the other. Mm -hmm. So that shadow, you can see it everywhere, okay, and and you can cut somebody off in traffic, and you could be me, you know, there's a lot of behaviors that all of us do based on that shadow of reaction. So what the luminous warrior is being called up to do is to move through that discomfort of the shadow of reaction to own it, to say, yes, this is me too. I do this. I have been doing this. My ancestors have been doing this. I feel that shadow in my being. And then to transmute that shadow with love through a revolution, which is the gift of that frequency, a revolution in consciousness. And the revolution in consciousness is so big that it's akin to when um, the – Cro-Magnon people came out of the Neanderthals. Cro-Magnon and Neanderthal people were living on the planet at the same time. The Cro-Magnon man was the evolution of the Neanderthal. So the same thing is happening right now. We are actually having such an evolution in consciousness happen so rapidly that on the planet at the same time are Homo sapiens, which is kind of like the new Neanderthal, and Homo luminous, which is the divine embodied self. And that's happening at the same time on the planet. You can start to see, like, some people um, are, are in one, one kind of mentality, and they're all kind of grouping together, and then there's the other mentality which is grouping together. So you can kind of see it already happening. And so the homo luminous job is to apply um, as much mystery as possible to this equation of becoming because knowing that we're evolving out of Um, a homo sapien way of thinking about things based in reaction at the shadow into a whole new potential, which at the high frequency is called rebirth. So we're rebirthing the species. Well, if we try to rebirth the species from the understanding we're in right now as a homo sapien, uh, we're just going to be producing whatever potential we think is possible from our limited consciousness at this moment. So in order to birth something completely new, we, as the personality self, need to surrender to the divine orchestration, which is bringing us into homo luminous, because homo luminous is the divine embodying as you. Hmm. So we have to Hmm. let go of control and trust the process. So your ability to trust the process has everything to do with your um, trust in the divine. 
if you think the divine is malevolent and mean and cruel and going to punish you and send you to hell for making mistakes, well, you're going to have a pretty hard time with this transition. <laughs> but if you mm-hmm. have witnessed, you know, that the divine is benevolent and that when you ask for things, you always get those things, you always get what you ask for, just like after you learn the lessons associated with acquiring that manifestation, right? Like every when you set a, a, a goal of manifestation, it happens every time. It just sometimes takes your whole life, you know, depending on your ability to move through the lessons. So when you start to notice that and you notice, hey, I always get what I ask for eventually, you can learn to trust this process and realize that it's not out to get you or cause you suffering. It's actually here to grow you into the person that claims that beautiful manifestation you asked for. So in that way, this is kind of like the ultimate lesson of that. Like, can you head totally into the void of the mystery, not knowing what's going to happen next, not knowing how the money, monetary system is going to work or how you're going to get fed or how future generations are going to survive or like knowing nothing of that, but totally surrendering into this force coming through your heart and your consciousness that's leading you synchronistically to realizations and to next steps in every moment. It's leading you there. And it's even planting dreams in your heart and in your mind. It's showing you this is what you truly desire. And it's just showing us in little tiny fragments because we don't want to get too attached to anything that's being revealed at this level of consciousness because we want to rise to the highest level of consciousness possible through this evolutionary process, which requires us to totally surrender to the mystery and the not knowing, if that makes sense. Yes, makes sense totally to me makes sense totally to me so how would this book or how would you describe this book to help people to do that surrendering into the unknown so when they feel that the divine is calling them to do something to go someplace and, you know, how the ego pops in and immediately begins to say, well, you can't afford that, or that will never happen, or <laughs> I have to statistically kind of create this way. How can this book or how can you help those who are listening to surrender into that divine guidance that's happening right now, right here? Yes, excellent question. So this book has been programmed with the support of the four directions. So the south, the west, the north, and the east, which are consciousness beings of light that are here that hold space for us on the planet and for this whole reality to happen, actually. And and Mother Earth and Father Sky, the star nations, all of our ancestors, it's building the support from the highest teachers, master teachers, Yeshua and Yosef, you know, White Eagle, all the master teachers. So the book is is coded with that support in it already so as you open and start reading the book you enter into sacred space and as you enter into sacred space like a ceremony so um for example if you went into a plant medicine ceremony they would open sacred space and call in the four directions and all the guys and allies, and then you would take your medicine and then you would sit back and allow the plant to show you everything that 
you know, that you need to release and that you that you're welcome to reinvent. And and you go through this journey for several hours and when you get to the end of it, you have huge realizations, you're lighter because you've released so much stuff that you don't need anymore and and you close the ceremony for now. So this book is the same. It's a ceremony. It's a medicine ceremony. Mm. So when you enter, mm. when you start reading the book, you're entering a medicine ceremony. And what the medicine is showing you is the places where you give away your power, where you are programmed by the matrix and you need to disengage yourself from that way of thinking, where you're lost in some shadows and you need to lift yourself to a higher way of being, the highest truth available to you at this time. The book is programmed for that. And so a lot of the um, teachings that come through the book have to do with lessons that like paradigms that we all need to extricate ourselves from in order to um, ascend to this next level. And so, and also a way of moving around the wheel. So this is the medicine wheel, um, which is a different way of thinking about things than um, traditional religion. So um, in some forms of spirituality, the medicine wheel leads you into a different understanding of life, which is the spiral. You know, you're going to spiral into the medicine and around the directions till you make a full cycle. And then you're not going to just stop there because you're not complete. No, you go down another level, deeper, and you spiral around again. And so it's a pathway that you can keep spiraling through to peel back more and more layers of false conditioning and reveal more and more of your authentic self. That's at the core of your being. And so you could think of it like... um, the you know the serpent sheds its skin like this just it's going to shed layers of conditioning and layers of identity that are preventing you from seeing the potentials in front of you as a luminous warrior so you want to clear that stuff away so that you can see who you truly are and live as that and so it's a process you know it's not going to happen just like in one pass of the book or in one pass around the medicine wheel it's going to probably take a lot of mentorship you know as you know like it takes mentorship. It takes being in community. It takes um, applying yourself and seeing things from different angles. Because the more that we reveal to ourselves, the more that we can transform things. It's when we sort of say, I just don't want to know anymore, and we hold ourselves up in our house and we don't look at anything and don't want to know anything, then we get stuck in a bad way. And then we're just sort of not going to evolve. But for those of us who are ready to, we're like, yes, rainbow body, bring it you know, then we've got to engage in the uncomfortable awarenesses, right? We have to go, in, we have to put our hands in the clay, as my friend uh, Catrice Goddard uh, said the other day at our Beyond Allyship um, workshop. She said, we got to get our hands messy in the clay because in order to heal racism, for example, we have to get our hands in the clay. We have to be willing to feel the uncomfortable things that we can now see from this perspective on that great spiral, looking back through our ancestral line, we can see that the behaviors and things that our ancestors did or that, and we did, you know, as our ancestors, because those are us too, you know, it's not separate. But we can see the mistakes we made in our lower understanding of consciousness than we can see now. We're like, oh, wow, why did they act that way? Because they weren't operating from the same place. Everything's uh, on a continuum. You know, we learn and grow more. We understand love more through these uh, repeating lifetimes. So we're at this point now where we're able to kind of like some of us are able to complete the curriculum in a sense of like graduating, you know, to another form of being, which is homo luminous. 
Wow, I hope you say that on every single interview that you get on, that entering into this book is like entering into ceremony. I mean, something shifted in me when you just said that. Um, Because the material that you put and plant into books comes from not only this lifetime, which you've had plenty of experiences with the Earth Mama and with the Ancient Ones, but in other lifetimes too. And I think that it's important to carry to let our listeners know you know, the times that you've been called to travel to Peru and I believe Mexico, like you've done a lot of traveling for sacred ceremony and teaching with many, many teachers. Have you not? I think that's what we talked about last time too. Yeah, I mean, as you know, it takes a village to raise a soul. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, I mean. <laughs> That's another great line, yes. Yeah, it takes a village to raise a soul. Uh, you give a little credit over there. But I, I feel like the reason I've been drawn to so many teachers is because they all, they all had mastered a piece of my puzzle. And mm-hmm. I was led to them um, to learn. And so – yeah, when I started off, I was, I mean, this was in 2011. I, um, you know, I was at the end of my last marriage uh, for 20 years of, that produced two beautiful children, and it was a karmic relationship. It was a very challenging relationship. We both really struggled to deal with all these shadow patterns and all this <laughs> difficulty um, without any benefit of, you know, any kind of spiritual benefit, right, or support. Like, we're just trying to slug it out as personalities. And I and we learned how difficult that is. It's really hard to do that. So when you're identified as you and he's identified as him, and it's like, oh, you're just not going to work that out. So because you don't really understand the bigger context, you know. So the thing that spirituality gives us is a greater perspective as to what's underneath those challenges. Why are those challenges there? And you might find out, oh, my gosh, we've had so many lifetimes together trying to work this thing out, you know, and, and it just or, – or our ancestors fought in the past or who knows what it is. But there's usually some piece that you can realize. And uh, that's why I love the Gene Keys because it gives you that map to go, oh, this is my life's curriculum. Okay. And my life's curriculum is clashing with his life curriculum and we're, you know, it's, it's uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. You get those bigger perspectives, like, you can forgive it. It's like, it's nothing to forgive anymore. It's just being grateful. It's like, wow, you really hung in there with me with my soul's curriculum and your soul's curriculum and that stuff was competing and op- opposing and was challenging both of us because we needed to grow. And and you can have a different perspective on it. So I feel like I got led to all these teachers when I finally said, I don't have the tools to solve this relationship. Like, I don't want to beat this dead horse. You know, like, I need to get out of here. This is not working because I didn't have any of those tools. I just had psychotherapy, which was not sufficient. So I left that relationship and I, I stopped taking the not feeling pills because that also wasn't helping. I got to feel it to heal it. So, you know, I had to start feeling my feelings. I understand that's hard for people, like the idea of I don't want to feel this stuff. Well, that's part of embodying. You know, you want to embody, you got to feel your feelings. <laughs> you, know, you have to feel it to heal uh-huh. it. You can't bypass it. So you know, we can learn tools for, feel, for feeling our feelings without, like, making them out and out of molehill. That's helpful. 
and then things could get better by feeling it and it just kind of like moves along in the river but when you when you i learned that when you cut yourself off from the spiritual support and from your feelings you become like one of those um stinky you know stinky um swamps in the forest where they cut you know it doesn't have any access to the river anymore and then everything just turns putrid and the water's drying up and it's all nasty because it doesn't have any flow that's what we become like inside our bodies and then we have disease and all the other things well this is the stuff i started learning about once i left the relationship because i knew i felt stinky i didn't want to be on the planet anymore i was suicidal I was like, this is so stinky. I, I don't want to feel this anymore. I want to get off this planet. I want to go home. Wherever home is, I want to go there. And mm-hmm. I didn't even know where home was, but just get me off here. You know, <laughs> It's got to be better than this. <laughs> so luckily I did not commit suicide. I, I definitely thought about it a lot, but I, I didn't want to leave my boys. You know, So my boys were, were a saving grace. They really helped me give a purpose to my life. And so when I when I left uh, that relationship, I I got led on a journey. This is the mystery. So this yeah. is the mystery. When you finally go, I can't take it the way it is anymore, and I'm not going to leave. And I know there's a better way, and I'm going to open to it. That's the mystery. So like we're in that spot. Like that's where we are as a as a world. We're in that spot. There's many people killing themselves because there's they just like this is hopeless. Um, you know, there's, there's people with all kinds of mental and emotional challenges. There's disease. I mean, pestilence. We, this is, this is the thing that the, all the religions are talking about. We're at that point, but it's not a problem. It's a catalyst. It looks like it wasn't a problem. My relationship wasn't a problem that it got so stinky. It was a catalyst for me to choose something better for myself and for my descendants. And so we're at that point. We have to choose something better for ourselves and our descendants. We have to make that leap of faith into the unknown. Leave. I mean, I, I had to leave. I left my house. We had just built me an art studio. I left my art studio. I had to leave my art career because I couldn't support myself on art. I, had to, I, I left so much that I loved, but I knew I had to leave it in order to build a new life. And that's we're all being called forth for that now. We have to leave mm. the known, even the things we love, because they're not sustainable. Like, I love to go to dinner, and I love to eat more than I need to eat. I love that, but that's not sustainable for the planet. We can't keep eating more than we need to eat, right? We've got to be more mindful about everybody gets to eat on the planet. There's, we can't just have one nation having all the wealth. We have to have they thinking about our neighbors. We need to think about ourselves as one human family, as one planet Earth, as one body of Earth that we're all cells of. And if, you know, if, the, if this part of you is starving and, and in pain, then that part needs love and attention. And, and we have a lot of that going on, on the planet. So we need to think of ourselves in a different way. That's the jumping off point. You know, we can't think of ourselves in the old way anymore. We've got to leave behind. Um, a lot of the things that we've grown accustomed to that give us comfort. We've got we to gotta choose a new path. And it's not easy to change, you know. So we need mentors to do that. Like you were saying, I had lots of mentors to help me get to this place I'm talking to you guys right now. I had 11 years of mentors. I still have mentors. I, I'm, I'm never without a mentor because they keep me sane. <laughs> they go, 
you're in some delusion right now, Carrie. And I say, thank you for telling me, you know, because I didn't see it. It's in my blind spot. Mm-hmm. We need somebody mm-hmm. to call us up on that. See, I agree completely. I have met a lot of people. I shouldn't say a lot, but I've met some teachers and people who said, you know, I'm told by my guides not to read any books. And then they say to me, and they look at me, and they say, and I'm told by my guides that I don't need a teacher or a mentor that is embodied here upon the planet. And so I kind of scratch my head and tilt it a little bit. And then I go to my best friend and say, huh, I think that's so odd because I've had mentors all of my, and I'm going to turn 70, and I've had mentors and teachers all of my life when I first started to awaken. I've never been with a, without a mentor or a teacher. And, and then there are books, you know, I'm a reader, and I've never, ever picked up a book and thought, well, that was a waste of time. <laughs> I've always gone away with a diamond, a gem, a jewel, because why would I have picked up the book and been drawn to the book? So that's, just as you've just said, that's what made me who I am is this multiple community of authors and mentors who have nurtured my soul and has raised my soul upon the planet. And um, so I congratulate you for um, having these mentors and teachers and now a writer of authors of books to bring that forth. And when you preface it, with a strong, remarkable, magnificent statement is that this is a book that when you start reading it, I want you to know it's encoded and you're walking into ceremony with it. So I know this is kind of a a funny question, but I'm going to ask it anyways. So when you've written a book that you absolutely know um, that when you walk into it, it's like walking into ceremony. Do you tell people, or can you tell people, does one need to prepare themselves as they enter into this encoded book called Inner Medicine, Becoming One with Mother Earth for the Survival of Humanity? Does one prepare to enter into the ceremony? That is a good question. And my immediate my immediate thing is like, no, <laughs> because that's more delay, right? That's like more opportunity for the ego to say, you know, I don't really feel prepared yeah, for that. Yeah, that's book true. Yet. So I'm not, yeah. you know, it's like, because now I want to talk about the ego a little bit because, you know, I, I'm not against the ego. I want to say I, uh, there's a lot of people who are, I actually went into this guy who was leading a plant ceremony that I was part of, and he said, I'd never met him before as a reference, and so I, I trusted my reference, and I went. And this guy looks at me particularly. I don't know why he looks at me particularly. He says, this is going to be fun. I killed my ego. I don't have one left anymore. And I looked at him, and I thought, maybe I should get up. <laughs> and maybe I might have to leave this ceremony. Um, I don't believe that. 
you know, I, Richard Rudd has this quote, and I'm not going to quote him perfectly, but he says that, you know, the, that the ego is like the lichen at the high mountain, you know, the highest mountain peak, there's the lichen of the ego. It's not going anywhere. And, mm-hmm. it, you know, it's not a problem either, you know. So let's just consider this for a moment. Because the people like this man I was telling you about, they somehow decided that the ego is bad and they're trying to shun it or blame it or get rid of it, you know, and they want to be transcended and like get rid of this yucky ego thing. It's actually, it's actually a vehicle. It's a vessel. It's a starting place. It's a template. It's a body. You know, the body needs things to function. It needs a brain that can lift your hands, you know, and move your fingers. And and that all takes an operating system, right, to be able to move your body around and breathe and all that stuff. That takes an operating system. So it's kind of like before you um, before you really embody your soul inside, like fully as love inside your body, you need a pilot for this thing. You know, that's the ego. Hmm. So, but it's not equipped to live with as love. The ego is learning. It's it's like a it's talk about AI. You know the which I think is so funny that egos creating AI because they're just like creating themselves. They're like, oh cool, let's see if we can create ourselves. You know, <laughs> but it's just funny to me. This whole AI thing is like ego saying, let's create let's create ourselves in technology. Yeah. Let's be the creators <laughs> of ourselves. You know. Look how much, look how fast it can learn, you know. <laughs> but it's just kind of admiring itself. Anyway, I think it's so funny. So, so we're, you know, the ego can learn really, really fast. So we're the soul is actually teaching the ego, which is so cool. It's kind of like the soul's like, this will be fun. I'm going to create this um, personality, this create this being, and then I'm going to teach it how to love. I'm going to teach it with my ever presence. And at some point, I'm going to evolve it to the place where I can I can slide myself into it and, and become it for a while, you know. And and so the kind of the deal is, it, at least the deal that I heard inside of myself was like, okay, well, for the first part of your life, you can just you can take the wheel, ego, because, you know, you're going to do a lot of hard work and things like that. So you get to, like, drive the car. But at some point, you know, I need to accomplish my soul mission, so you're going to have to hand me over that wheel, and now it's my turn to drive, and you need to sit in the back seat. So we each get a turn. So that's kind of the point where many people are at right now is that, you know, okay, the ego had its day, it had its time, and now it's like, okay, it's time to be refined, and it's time to be uplifted, and it's time to go, okay, you experience what it's like without me, with me just kind of watching and hovering by while you lived life. You you know, you, you saw how that works, ego, and now it's my turn to lead. And so it's only fair that you let me lead, and you sit in the back seat because we had this deal. And so the ego has to decide, am I going to honor that deal? Or, you know, because it's a matter of integrity to give up the control and let the soul lead now, because I knew what the deal was when I was created, and something part of you right now is is going, yeah, I kind of know that's true. <laughs> yeah, because it hmm. is time. It's mm-hmm. time for the soul. That's a great way to, to explain lead. it to people. Yeah, and if the soul doesn't lead, humanity is pretty much screwed. You know, so let's just say that. Mm-hmm. I want to also just throw that in there. You know, yeah. is that <laughs> it's a matter of survival. <laughs> so for the species. And I've kind of grown fond of this humanity thing. You know, I I like the songs and I like the music and I like the creativity and I even like some of the drama. It's so expressive. I've kind of grown, you know, fond of it. So I'd hate for it to just, 
die, you know, I, I wouldn't want that to happen. Of course, as souls, we know that we'll just create something new. But, you know, in terms of this experience continuing, I think many of us would like it to continue. But it needs to continue in honoring of its place in relationship with all that is on this planet, not just itself, but also the plants and the animals and the waters and the life in the oceans. We need to be in a better harmony with um, all of that life on Earth. Um, You had said during our last interview that this Mama Earth is heading towards going to be a planet of masters or mastery. And you had, I thought, um, you can correct me, that if someone is not on a path to mastery of growth, um, then they will be dismissed. Is that true? Is that what is happening at this time as Mama Earth ascends? Yeah, I mean, Mama Earth is ascending her consciousness because everything is always orchestrated as one big harmonic, right? So the Mother Earth ascending her consciousness is part of the movement that is, I mean, who's to say which came first, the chicken or the egg, but that is inspiring or has inspired or is fully integrated with the design that humanity will up-level us consciousness now into homo luminous. And that will the soul will fully embody as um, a, a, a human form, a homo luminous, uh, some new form of humanity. So we can't really say what that looks like quite yet because I don't really know anybody that's achieved it yet. So we're all kind of in the mystery right now. You know, we're like, okay, going for that rainbow body. Woohoo! Let's see what happens. Mm-hmm. I mean, there there are. I will I will say I have seen glimpses because the the Carol shaman from the Andes Mountains, the medicine people that live high up in the Andes, the Caro, um, it's Q-E-R-O, they are descendant of the Incas, a long line of medicine people, and they actually support my work in this regard um, through my studies with Alberto Vialdo and my, and my interactions directly with the Caro medicine people. But what, um, what I've seen is that I have actually seen photos of some of, some of these masters where their energy field shows up on the camera as a pulsating ball, like a sphere, their auric field of rainbow light and a huge bubble of it too. So that is the rainbow body in some regard. And whether or not they fully manifested the transition into homo luminous, I get the sense, no, but they're on the path and that we can all be on the path as well. And I know that for myself, as a firewalk last year, um, the New Year's Eve firewalk, somebody took a picture of me. I didn't know they were taking a picture of me, but I was just standing in the darkness around the fire, and somebody took a picture of me, and it showed this um, this green um, cat that was all around my energy field. You know, so that's that to me is like my my protector, my guardian, right? Like my my energy is visible now. The rainbow body is becoming visible to people. Mm-hmm. My experience of it, of this dawning of the rainbow body, because it started to happen in me already, is that it's like a lightness of being 
and also a depth of compassion as I allow myself to keep opening to love and I allow my heart to keep opening. I keep my prayers always open my heart, open my heart. And as I feel my heart opening and I feel that sacred flame, that sacred heart igniting, I just feel more humble human. I mean, it's kind of like we think that we're supposed to be so evolved out of being a human being but actually what i'm realizing is that it's actually more like being a human being a humble human is like the most holy thing we can be is a union of the human and the spirit hmm. that that's um really amazing and interesting because when we gave our star gathering here via Zoom, or still in Zoom mode, a little bit more here, um, they talked about the Emerald Order. There were mm. many people that were going into the Emerald Order with this green and being the embodiment of this Emerald Order. And that pretty much sounds, you know, when they took your picture and they saw the green energy that is the Emerald Order. And I was told you know, even not to say the word oversoul because everyone has the perception then that the soul is kind of over them and that our job now is to embody the luminosity mm. of our divinity in our body. So it's interesting yeah. that you bring that up about the emerald green that they saw. And um, so you are now ascending into that emerald order of that type of consciousness upon the planet so um. and here listen to this this is so cool like last year um 2022 when i did my inner medicine training um we always have a stone because you know the carol people they work with stone energy stones and crystals and things like that because they have huge power for helping us to ascend our consciousness and for anchoring certain frequencies for us and so we use them in our work and i got this message okay this is the emerald group so we all have emeralds in our mesas as part of this work. Um, so that's really fascinating that you just said that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was kind of stunned. I was stopped almost breathing when you were talking about and they took this picture of you and they could see this emerald green. And so everything that I'm hearing is that the when you embody this, this energy, it's, it is, it's not like I want to get out of my body anymore. I want to be totally, Mm-mm. completely, and utterly in my body, in this emerald green consciousness, to bring this compassion and love and healing to the planet. And so it sounds like your book is also encoded in this emerald green encodement to bring that out um, to the people, how, how do you think about, would it be good um, to read a book like this in a book, I don't want to necessarily say book study, but a book community where people come together and they pick a book and they read a book that can help them with this transcendence and the embodiment of that energy. How do you feel about that? I think that's an the excellent idea. together. That's an excellent idea because for me, I mean, I, I lead groups in inner medicine, but the thing is that I can only 
my design is like 15 people at a time. Like I can't do a whole lot of people. I'm not designed for yep. that. I'm designed for like yep. 15 people, you know, that I can personally facilitate and shepherd through the process. But like if anybody's feeling inspired to do that, I say yes. I mean, getting the full download is really, really helpful. And um, doing a book study on it, I think it would be a great way to introduce people to the frequencies and the energy and the work, give a great place to talk about some of the principles that are being discussed, like what is forgiveness and how can I forgive? What's a situation in my life where I need to move, where I could decide to move beyond the idea I need to forgive somebody and, and go into like, oh, I'm grateful because this is actually for me. Like these are, these are topics that I feel um, would be helpful at this time. So I think that's great. I think book study clubs on this would be awesome. Hmm. Hmm. So what does 2023 hold for us besides this great opportunity? Do you are you getting any visions anything about the again what I thought was interesting when you said the rainbow people and the rainbow luminosity because this is the vibration of seven. There's seven colors in the rainbow. The seventh chakra is the crown chakra. So are you picking up any information about what 2023 holds for us at this time? Yes, the information that I've been getting is that, well, first of all, our animal mascot for this year is condor. So to hmm. me, that's the, that's, the, that's the prophecy of the eagle and the condor coming together. Yeah. That's, that's what that is. I mean, Condor came out very strongly for me. It also came through for my mentors. So Condor Energy, Obsidian, Texan, um, because we need, we all need support and security and protection and cl- deep dark cleansing of toxic energies. Um, we all need that. And we also, um, we, we need that to begin the journey of love. But then as we embody the frequency of love, at a certain point, we're walking love and when we're walking love, we radiate everywhere and shadows disappear because shadows don't have any true power of their own. They only have the power that we give them. So anything that feels toxic or shadowy or things like that are things to wrap up in love to the best of your ability. But because a lot of people have, you know, weakened um, auric fields from all this, uh, you know, power over and all these paradigms that we've been living through, um, your auric field needs to be strengthened, right? It needs to be supported and protected and strengthened so that you can hold more love and so that you can be strengthened to have the capacity to face more difficult things and because you're going to have to face all the things inside of your body. To embody means to bring love into every single atom and cell of your body, which means you've got to heal all your judgments, all your, you know, traumas, things you're not forgiving and emotions you never felt because you take the not feeling pills, all the stuff I did, right? You've got to heal it all by feeling it. But not, you know, not to the place where you overwhelm yourself, right? So that's why the journey takes time. It takes time and mentorship and community so that you don't push yourself too hard or too little and so that you stay on track with your goal, like that we're all ascending our consciousness at this time. And I think this this year is going to give us a lot of support. It has wonderful energy. I was feeling very excited as I came into this year. I felt a lightning of energy. I felt like potential opening up. I felt people willing, like opening up in willingness to open to the mystery, to take the journey, to have some hope and faith, to walk that journey. And, and with an open heart, I feel like 
that's what's opening for us. I still think there are some people, a lot of people who are like still scared to take a chance or to step in deeper, you know, but I think that is going to shift. I think it's going to shift at least by the middle of the year and there'll be a lot more excitement about this. You know, it's kind of like when you start to do shadow work at first, you're like, this sucks. I don't want to do this. But then at some point you go, this is fantastic. And when you make that flip, you're just like, put your hands in every shadow you can find to bring healing to it. Right. And so people are kind of in that, that pivot right now. Hmm. It's a wonderful place to be. It's a wonderful place to be. So, well, tell everybody where they can get your book. Absolutely. So my website has a page um, that has, you can get the first chapter of the book, and I also recorded the audio for the first bit, and that's available at com. K-E-R-R-I, hummingbird.com, forward slash inner medicine. I-N-N-E-R-M-E, you know, medicine, inner medicine, all one word, lowercase, and then you'll find the page. So is the title it's of gonna the book be on Amazon. Inner Medicine? Okay. Yeah, and they Inner can get Medicine it on Amazon is the title. as well? Yeah, they can pre-order it on Amazon. But if you want the, you know, if you want the first chapter and the audio, then you just go to the webpage and sign in. Oh, that's great. That's great. And the book is Inner Medicine, Becoming One with Mother Earth for the Survival of Humanity. I love that. Yes. Yep. Because once we become one with her, she tells us exactly what we need to do next. I mean, she guides us yes. every step of the way. So. And that's the wonderful, wonderful thing, wonderful thing. Well, as always, um, sweet Carrie Hummingbird, I just <laughs> always find it so interesting I love the fact of the Emerald Green Order. I love the fact that you said picking up this book and walking into the pages of it is like walking into ceremony and that it is encoded. And I also love the fact, which I don't think many people realize, is when you call in the north, the south, the east, the west, the above, below, that they are, they are they're not just directions. <laughs> Their living consciousness. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I love the fact that you brought that into our discussion today. And I think it will help people understand the importance of how we call those directions in and what we are really doing calling those directions in. Um, So it's always, for me, it's always profound. I learn something talking to you every time we talk. Um, it's been fabulous. It's been fabulous. So I just want to thank you for for reaching out and us connecting uh, when we did and all the other connections we have had. And I hope and pray that our connections continue to happen to Sweet Carrie. So well, thank you so much for being Janet. on the program. Yeah. Thank you. It's, it's, it's just wonderful. It's wonderful. So until we um, meet again, I want to thank you. I want to thank our audience for always listening, listening, listening. We have opportunities to um, have listeners from all the way to the West Coast, to the East Coast, up to Canada, and down to Florida. So all of you who are listening, and if you have listened to this, um, please know that it's always in our archive. Tell people to listen in. 
onto this program and uh, enter into ceremony once again with Carrie. Her book, Inner Medicine, Becoming One with Mother Earth for the Survival of Humanity. Uh, Carrie's last name is Hummingbird. So thank you, Carrie, once again. Thank you, my listeners. Until we meet again, namaste, namaste, namaste. Thank you for tuning in to Pure Hope by Rev. Janice Hope Gorman. And until next time, remember that true greatness consists in being great in the little things. Be kind. Be gentle. Be loving. Be true.